Hey, it is uh, so good to be able to bring the word to you right now. Wherever you are, whenever you are, can I encourage you to particularly lean in. When we come around the word, it is an honor to hear what God has been saying to his people throughout the ages. He speaks through his word and can I encourage you to lean in. The word of God is not a place where we expect to be entertained, but where we should expect to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, recognizing that the sovereign Lord has spoken through his prophets, has spoken through his apostles, and he's spoken so we might live according to his word and his will. Now, can I encourage you this morning to expect to be challenged, to expect in a moment to be comforted, to expect to change. This is what the Word of God does in our lives when we allow the Spirit of God to convict us and to empower us and to lead us that we might no longer be a people of the flesh, but we might be who we really are, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, a people of the Spirit who have left sin and brokenness behind and walk now not as slaves to sin, but as slaves to righteousness, as sons of God, as daughters of God. Before I hook in a bit more, can I encourage you to open up, if possible, www.divergenthub.com forward slash the gravity of grace. Divergenthub.com forward slash the gravity.com forward slash the gravity of grace. And in there will be the notes from this message to help you, I guess, move through this message quickly, even though there's at times going to be a lot of references. And sometimes I won't make the reference directly, but the references are there in the note. And this will help you uh, to move along quickly uh, with this message today. You know, it's interesting, I think, in the world within which we live at at present, and maybe it's always been, I would say, of course, but allow me to speak into this moment, we all too often qualify our lives by what has happened to us, what is happening in us or through us or around us or what is about to happen. We take a posture in our life that is determined by circumstances. But that is not the call that God has called us to. He has called us that we might be a people not of the flesh, of circumstance, of our natural instinct, but rather that we might be a people of the Spirit that are led not by the circumstances around us, but rather, as the Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 1.27, whatever happens, whatever circumstances you're going through right now, whatever challenge you have before you, whether you are walking in plenty or walking in want, whether you're walking in a place of struggle or walking in a place of victory, whether you're walking in a place where you are doubting and questioning, or whether you're walking in a place of absolute confidence, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. All too often we conduct ourselves in a manner conforming to the world or its expectations and culture, but we are called to be a people who understand the gravity and the weight and the privilege and the honor of walking in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Often, I would even say in the name of mercy, we 
allow ourselves to be in the sinking sands of circumstances. We often become subject to these matters, yet that's not what we're called to. We need to understand that mercy may delay, but truth saves. It's in the convergence of these things that the grace of God is evident where we understand the truth of our status before God if we are not walking in Christ. It's a scary one-on-one level. There is true justice to be found and a justice that we don't really or we should not want to see in our lives because we cannot pay the debt that we owe to God. Yet we understand because of his grace and his mercy, because of the truth that sets us free, we can walk according to the spirit. We can walk with the gravity of grace on and in our lives and walk as sons and daughters of the king. We can walk in a different way, a different posture, a different people to the world. People not of the flesh or uh, of fear of man or of circumstances, but a people of the spirit. We fear God alone. A people not consumed with gaining the good of this world, but living out of the goodness of God as revealed in the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Slow this down for a moment and allow me to reverse the sentence as we journey. The gospel of Christ. What is the gospel of Christ? It should go without saying, but I think nearly every problem we have or nearly every misunderstanding of the actions and attitudes of our life extend from an intentional or unintentional misunderstanding of the gospel of Christ, allowing to unpackage the gospel, good and bad, the simple gospel. Number one, humanity was created innocent in nature by a good and a just God. Yet due to rebellion against our loving God, there is a huge separation between us. Sin has separated us. Number two, sin, that rebellion against the will and the way of God has devastated all of creation including us as humans, we are broken in our very being, body, soul, and spirit. We are not made consistent with God's perfect design and desire. We are marred, every last one of us, because of this we need a saviour. Thirdly, in that brokenness, we are naturally rebellious and sinful willfully living out of our brokenness. Number four, God, the creator, the rightful ruler, just judge, loves us anyway. Even though we are broken by sin and sin willfully. Number five, and all the references are here in the notes, Christ and his death and resurrection are the necessary expression of God's love and he has paid the price our sin. Number six, God loves us so much, he called us not just out of our sin, but to live in holiness. Number seven, the worthy response 
The only worthy response to Christ's love for us and obedience to the Father is our love for Him and obedience to Him. The only worthy response to Christ's love is a life which is wholly given unto Him. Number eight, we are, reason, we are responsible to thus speak and live out the truth and mercy of the gospel. The Apostle Paul unpackages the gospel in a simple step or a simple statement in our 1 Corinthians 15. And I want you to hear this because we have the pinnacle or the central expression of God's kingdom, his good news as it invades earth. He says this in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Are you taking your stand on this gospel? Because there's lots of messages out there. But is your stand, is your security on this gospel? By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you believed in vain. I want you to catch this sort of implied warning here. If you don't hold to this word, this gospel that has been preached, then you have no security of faith and salvation. Our security is not in a a prayer or in a moment. It is in what Christ has done. It is in who Christ is. It's in faith through grace, through faith, as Ephesians 2 tells us. It goes on and says, For what I have received, I have passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Everything has been moving this direction according to the Scriptures, that Christ has died for our sins. He is the substitute. Secondarily, that He was buried, that He died. He took on the punishment for our sins. And thirdly, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, that he has made a spectacle of death itself, that he has triumphed over it. And it goes on and says, and after that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. As Christians, we live on the convergence or at the convergence of justice, truth and mercy. Mercy may delay justice. Mercy may delay justice, but it is truth that saves. It is truth that saves us. The grace of Christ expressed in the cross of Christ expresses the fullness of uh, the uh, character of God. There is a real weight to the grace of God on our lives and a recognition and an obligation, a gravity that calls us, that draws us, that sends us, the gravity of grace. You probably feel the gravity of grace because you are called to be everything God has called you to be rather than to be who you were. For you are a new creation in Christ. Ephesians 1 says, for you were chosen in Christ. Christ is the context of our chosenness. There is a gravity, a drawing and a weight in Christ and everything he's done. The gravity of grace, can I remind you, reminds us that God loves us more than we can ever imagine, even though we don't deserve it. 
The gravity of grace reminds us that God loves us even more than we can imagine, even more than we can imagine, even though we don't deserve it. This might sound weird where I'm not often into this, but maybe repeat these statements after me. I am immeasurably loved because this is the gravity of grace that I am immeasurably loved. The gravity of grace also reminds us that although Jesus has finished his work, We are not a finished work. We are still broken in so many ways. We are still being changed into his image. Now, repeat this maybe after me or write this down if you're writing notes. I'm still a work in progress. The gravity of grace reminds us that I'm still a work in progress. I'm not there. I do not make uh, excuses about my past, about my flesh, about what has happened, because whatever happens... I'm living according to the gospel of Christ. The gravity of grace reminds us that I'm still a work in progress, but a work that will be completed if I stay in him, if I continue in the word, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. Thirdly, the grace, or rather the gravity of grace, calls us to leave behind excuses and our flesh and walk in the spirit. I want you to hear this. Maybe you need to repeat this. I am led by the Spirit, not determined by the flesh. I am led by the Spirit as a son of God, not determined by the flesh. Romans 8 verse 13 says this, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. You will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For if you do not receive a spirit of slavery that returns you to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship by whom we cry, Abba, Father. It's important to catch this because this is the excuse of our generation. I was born this way. I can't help it. This happened to me. I can't help it. But can I encourage you, leave behind the works of the flesh. Leave behind the scars of the flesh and start to lean in to the spirit. Because the mark of the son of God, the daughter of God, is the one who is led by the spirit. And this is not a three-point sermon to go, well, how do I do this? It's right now repenting of the flesh and asking God to lead you by the spirit. This is crucially important because this is not a to-do list. This is a posture going, God, lead me. God, forgive me. God, change me. This is a posture that comes before the grace of God, the gospel of Christ and recognizing that God in his his excellence and his glory became nothing, as it says in first in Philippians uh, 2. He became nothing that we might become sons of God. First Corinthians 5 verse 5, uh, the Apostle Paul is talking to a church full of sin that is outliving the works of the flesh. And he encourages them to be who they really are. Now catch this, they are doing the works of the flesh, but who they really are, who they're called to be, is a people of the Spirit. Who you really are is not your flesh. So stop making excuses about your flesh and start living, start leaning, start posturing toward the things of the Spirit. The only authentic self at the end of the day, the only true 
perfect, authentic self is Jesus. And thus we must be found in Jesus. Authentic self is not sexual expression or creative expression. It is not satisfaction through personal achievement. It's not being a self-defined individual. It's becoming like Christ. The only authentic self, the only one who is true unto himself in every good way, is Jesus. And we can be found and chosen and conformed and transformed into his image. Let's step step back a step in this sentence because we've talked about the gospel of Christ. So let's take a step back. Because of the gospel, I'm called to conduct myself in a manner worthy of it. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of. Live, act, work, serve, laugh, love, sacrifice in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And this should come in one sense from our spirit instinctively because we understand that whilst we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so even though I still struggle with sin at times, and Paul actually tells us that he even gives himself or his flesh desires sin, he will not allow himself to walk according to the edicts and the patterns of the flesh, but rather submit himself to the leading of the Spirit. We are called to conduct ourselves worthy of the gospel of Christ. As a child, I was inevitably challenged or asked at times to act according to my age. I had the capacity, the the knowledge, the opportunity to act according to my age, not live below my capacity. Yet at times we live not according to who we truly could be, should be, can be, but according to something else entirely. It is a self-deprecating position to live by the flesh when you're called to live according to the spirit. And at some point or another, you do it. I do it. Yet I don't want to be Josh of the flesh. I want to be Josh of the spirit. It is below, it is below my identity in Christ to outwork the instincts of the flesh when I'm called to live according to the leading of the spirit. So can I encourage you, act your faith. Act your faith. The King of glory, the creator, loved us so much that he laid aside... Um, He laid aside all that glory and walked in our brokenness, perfectly obeying in every way. He died on our behalf and defeated death itself by making a fool of it, a spectacle, displaying and declaring his victory over the great enemy. Can I ask you a question? Let me be direct and compassionate, pleading with you to be who you really are. Ah, if you're a believer and you are walking according to the edicts of the flesh and the desires and the designs of the flesh, then you are not walking according to what God has called you to. Allow me to plead with you. Let us be who we truly are in Christ as we lose who we define ourselves to be in the flesh. It is be- it, we are called to be children of God. We should never, ever appeal to the flesh with phrases like, I was born this way. As a child of God, you've been born again. So let us live this way, that according to the gospel of Christ. Let me step this back again. Whatever happens, 
because of the gospel, because we are called to live worthy of it, whatever happens, in all circumstances, no excuses, no cop-outs, no distraction, in every area of life, whatever happens. Just earlier in Philippians 1.20, Paul says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. The problem is we as Christians often flip that sentence around and we think to live is gain and to die is Christ. During this life I will gain, I will gain prestige, I will gain a spouse as my primary goal, I will gain honor, prestige and security, and when I die then I will have Christ in all perfection. But can I encourage you, to live is Christ. To live is Christ is a much more dynamic journey, a much more challenging journey, a much more exciting journey. It includes the miraculous, but it also includes the suffering. It includes the resurrection sense, but also includes sometimes the sting of death as it continues in our flesh. Because we have not yet fully realized the restoration and the resurrection that is to come. It includes suffering. It includes a new family of Christ, but it includes the possible loss of family. It includes the gifts of the Spirit, yet it includes often the loss of the things of this world. Worldly values, worldly ways. For me to live is Christ. In all circumstances, in all controversies, in all its suffering and all its victory. And to die is gain. God has not called us to live according to the ways of this world with the opportunities it may give. But rather, as he gave himself for us, we are called to give over ourselves and walk in his ways. So let us, let us fix our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. Let us act according to the one who has called us. And this is not some empty act. This is according to the gospel of Christ. If you are a son, if you are a daughter, then whatever happens, whatever happens... Live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, the Apostle Paul continues, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit and you're striving together. Don't do this alone as one fighting for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Catch this next statement as I start to, to wrap up. This is a sign to them in the world that they will be destroyed if you hold according to the Spirit and the gospel of Christ, that you will be saved and that by God, for it has been granted to you. It is a gift to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Here's the fact. Here's my challenge this morning, to eat, uh, today, wherever you are. We don't take our marching orders from the world. We don't submit to the bro broken instincts of our flesh or cower in the face of intimidation from the world. But rather we conform. We are transformed by the image and the person of Jesus and everything he has done. We are led by his spirit. Can I speak as the Apostle Paul spoke? 
in this moment and I want you to hear me speaking to you wherever you are. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you that you are good. And Lord, I thank you that you have called us and set us apart. Lord, that we might walk according to the spirit, not the flesh. And Lord, for those right now that are struggling with some of this, that feel conviction, Lord, I pray for repentance. Lord, where there is repentance, we know there is grace. Lord, for those struggling with the cost of discipleship, Lord, I pray that they would have a revelation of the cost you paid for us. Lord, let us honour you. Lord, let us understand the gravity of grace, that we might walk as a people that look like the Son of God, transformed and conformed to his image. In your name, amen. Can I encourage you? Do not give up. Do not let up. Keep on surging forward into everything God has for you. He has not called you to be a person of the flesh, but a person of the spirit. Amen.